This week I'm talking about resistance. In this episode, you'll find out what resistance is, why overcoming resistance is essential for your mental health, and how to resist less and grow more. So, let's talk. This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast full of simple ideas for better mental health. I'm your host, Jeremy Godwin, and I'm an Australian writer and speaker who spent most of the 2010s dealing with severe depression and anxiety, and that led me to change careers to study mental health. In this show, I use my knowledge of psychology, sociology and counselling, combined with my personal experiences of dealing with mental illness, to bring you a show full of ways to improve your mental well-being, one step at a time. Each week, I look at one specific topic and go through simple things you can do to improve your mental health. So, get comfortable and let's talk about mental health. Because the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. Hello and welcome to episode 65, and thanks so much for joining me. This year is the year of well-being here on the Let's Talk About Mental Health podcast, because well-being doesn't just happen, it takes work. So each week on the podcast, I'll be continuing to share simple ideas for better mental health and practical advice for improving your overall well-being by exploring lots of different things that you can do every day to make a positive difference in your life. This week is all about resistance, which I think we've seen a lot of over the last 12 months as we've all had to face multiple roadblocks that have forced us to choose between either having a tantrum or finding new ways to do things. At the end of last week's episode, I shared that infamous quote by the Borg in Star Trek, which is, resistance is futile. And while I wouldn't completely agree with that, I mean, the French resistance certainly wasn't futile, given the important role that they played in World War II, but that's a conversation for a history podcast and maybe not one focused on mental health. But the thing about resistance is that it can very often make things far more complicated and difficult than they need to be. When we don't accept reality with grace and dignity, or find a way to work through our difficult times or things that we don't necessarily agree with, but which are outside of our direct control, we create pain and suffering for others and for ourselves. And I'm all about less pain and suffering in this show because, you know, pain sucks. So with that in mind, we'll be exploring resistance. But before we jump into that, a quick word about the latest episode of Let's Talk About Mental Health TV, which is out now on YouTube. In episode 3, I'm talking about social media and better mental health, and I share a few ideas for how to be more thoughtful in the way that you use these tools in order to look after your well-being and not find yourself becoming more disconnected from the people that you want to be connected with. So you can find that episode now on YouTube or head over to letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au forward slash YouTube. And while you're there, take a moment to subscribe to the channel. I also do a second weekly episode there, which is a mini version of this podcast, and I share five of the how-to tips from each weekly podcast episode. So it's a good tool as a quick refresher if you've already listened to this show here and you want to be able to refer to it later, or even if you want to share it with someone who you know for some quick advice. So with that all said, now on with this week's episode about resistance. We all face resistance at one point or another. When you wake up some days and think, I just don't want to get out of bed, that's resistance. And often it can involve robbing our future happiness for a moment or two of rest or procrastination right now. Like when you hit the snooze button repeatedly and then have to rush because you overslept. We tend to resist many things in life, even if they're actually good for us. And we can often try to control things that we just cannot control. 
So it can take some work to be able to identify how to deal with all of that stuff so that we're controlling what we can and letting go of what we cannot. But of course, without being a pushover. Now, where resistance becomes an issue is when we resist the stuff that's in our own best interests. In other words, where we choose unhealthy actions instead of healthy ones across some or all of the areas of our overall well-being. In other words, physical, mental, spiritual, social, emotional, and financial. Dealing with and overcoming resistance so that you can make progress towards being the very best version of yourself possible takes work. And that is what I'm looking at today. First, what is resistance? Resistance involves refusing to accept or comply with something, especially when it comes to doing things that you don't want to do. And there's also the saying, the path of least resistance, which means choosing the easiest course of action or the options with the least amount of difficulty or unpleasantness, which is actually a really great strategy that ties back to simplicity, which I talked about in episode 63. But what we're talking about here is resistance in terms of refusing to do things or struggling to do things. Ultimately, overcoming resistance is about getting stuff done, whether that's in your head or actually getting things done physically. And it's about doing that so that you can actually then make progress. Now, I will note here that not all resistance is bad. Resisting hatred, bigotry and oppression are some examples that spring to mind here. And without resistance throughout the ages, who knows where we'd be today? But for the purposes of this episode, I'm focusing on your own resistance toward yourself in terms of taking action and making progress. Probably the most well-known form of personal resistance is procrastination, which is when you delay or postpone doing something, and often it then leads you to having to rush to complete it on time. When I did my degree a few years back, I became an absolute expert at getting everything done at 11 o'clock on the night before it was due. Anyway, procrastination is a form of resistance, but it's one of those judgmental phrases that makes us feel like we have no discipline, which of course then creates internal shame, and that can then send us further into a spiral of resistance and procrastination. You know, when I was writing this episode, I found myself struggling to remain focused. There's lots going on at the moment and somehow it was easier to go do two loads of washing and clean the kitchen than it was to do just a few more minutes of writing because I've been having a really hectic week. And, you know, by the time I got around to writing this episode, I won't lie, I was exhausted. Plus, it's also that double-edged sword of working from home. I mean, the commute is great, but there's a thousand and one distractions like housework. And I don't know about you, but if you have pets, uh, especially if you have a cat, my cat Igor is my office assistant, and he likes to randomly walk into my office during the day and meow really loudly and want attention, usually while I'm on a Zoom call. So, you know, there's all of those things that go on that can easily distract us. And if we're not in that full concentration headspace, it can actually become really easy to use those distractions as things to let us resist and be procrastinating. So why does resistance happen? It happens because we're hardwired to seek security and safety. And so when things are challenging or difficult, or when we feel overwhelmed by the number of things that we need to do, finding the mental and physical energy that we need to get things done can be really painful, even if we know that it's in our best interests. Fear can also play a role here, and depending on the circumstances. Some people are really good at pushing through physical or mental discomfort and pain so that they can do what needs to be done, whereas others find it difficult either in some aspects of their life or just in general. And that's why some people are really good with physical fitness while others find it easier to sit on the couch with a bag of chips, myself included. But when we resist the healthy stuff and instead do things that are unhealthy in terms of our physical, mental or spiritual well-being, we are making life much more difficult for ourselves in the long run. 
Often when we put off completing small tasks or making simple changes that are in our best interests, what we do is start a snowball effect, where things get bigger and bigger and even more difficult, until we're left having to deal with much more complex issues than we might have had if we had just dealt with it while the issue was still small. If you've ever heard that expression, tackle the molehill before it becomes a mountain, it means that if you deal with things while they're small, they tend to be much easier to resolve than if you just let it go and it will get bigger than it needs to be. For example, I have talked very openly on this show before about my weight gain, and these things often happen quite incrementally. I mean, you don't just pack on weight overnight. It takes months and months of effort, which in my case would probably be better framed as self-sabotage, but anyway. For me, this stuff happened because I wasn't dealing with my resistance or the root cause of my issues, which is being that I tend to gravitate towards food for comfort. And so that requires me to relearn all of my behaviours around food, as well as needing to find better coping strategies for when I'm stressed or the shit inevitably hits the fan. You know, you might have your own things that you resist doing. Cooking, cleaning, exercising, dealing with difficult people, calling your parents, dealing with problems, addressing addiction issues, the list goes on. But I think that, like all well-being, it's not enough to just address the symptoms because resistance is a symptom of something much deeper. So it's about digging deep to work out what is really going on and why, so that you can then deal with that instead of just trying to put band-aids over things. And I'll come back to that point shortly. For some people, resistance is a form of control, either over themselves or the environment around them. For example, and apologies if this is triggering for anyone, but anorexia nervosa is an extreme manifestation of resistance and self-controlling behaviours. For others, it can be tied up in self-sabotage and negative self-talk. Whatever it is, the result is the same, self-destructive behaviour. You might have heard the saying, what you resist persists, and that refers to the fact that if you keep resisting things you need to sort out for your overall well-being, the same or similar issues will very likely come up for you time and time again, until you finally do confront them and address them. So while it might have been a bit dramatic for the Borg on Star Trek to say resistance is futile, it can definitely be said that resistance is self-sabotaging. Do you want to improve your well-being? Well, stop resisting. So how do you do that? Well, let's jump into the how-to section of this week's episode. How to resist less and grow more. Now, my first point is very much around self-awareness, which I covered in episode 62, and it's to identify where you might be resistant to change. So being able to do this is a really critical place to start because it's about being honest with yourself and self-aware. And the cold hard fact is that even small amounts of resistance can have a big negative effect. If you're prone to leaving a work or school assignment until the night before it's due or putting off things until they become bigger issues than they need to be, then you're overcomplicating things. And as I said back in episode 63, let's talk about simplicity. When we focus on making our lives as simple as possible, we make it easier to prioritize the stuff that really matters, like our relationships. And we make it easier to let go of whatever just doesn't matter in our life. So be honest with yourself about where you're being resistant, and that sets you up for better understanding what impact that resistance is having on your life. My next point is that all things start with awareness and acceptance. So don't resist your resistance, because all you do then is make it more likely that you will resist even further. Instead, seek to acknowledge it, understand it, and accept it. 
Your resistance is happening for a reason. So rather than just trying to push past it, you need to dig into it first and understand what's really going on. And that starts with being aware that it's happening. So you could try labeling it and then accepting it as a sign that you have some work to do. Which leads to my next point. Once you're aware of what is happening, it's then about understanding why it's happening. So digging into it and seeking to understand what is really going on. So I've talked about this stuff a lot. I talked about it in episode seven, Let's Talk About Baggage, where I went through the five whys process that can really help you dig deep and not just respond to the stuff on the surface, but get a better understanding of what's going on deep within. So I'd encourage you to check the audio or the full transcript out for that. It's available for free at letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au forward slash episodes. But just to give you an example here, I'll use myself, and I know I keep talking about this one, but overeating. I haven't just been overeating for the fun of it. It's been happening because I've had some difficult and even traumatic stuff going on over the last couple of years. And it's a coping mechanism for security. So much so that I now literally have my own security blanket in the form of all this extra weight that I have to carry around with me. So if I just tried to deal with the overeating without actually confronting the security and safety stuff, I will be doomed because that security stuff is much closer to the root cause of my real issues. So hopefully that makes sense. But what I'm trying to say here is really dig into it and understand what is actually going on. And that can be a really confronting conversation to have with yourself. And it may be something that you need to work with a counselor or therapist on. So once you know what is going on and you've got a better sense of what the root cause is, the next step is to address the root cause or causes. So once you know why it's really happening, you can then treat that root cause. And for the more difficult or challenging stuff, like I said, that may involve needing to, again, work through with a counsellor or therapist because they can help you to work through things in a more objective way or even potentially identify stuff that you just hadn't thought of before. But the main point here is that if you want to be able to overcome the resistance, once you know what the root cause is, you then need to tackle the root cause. And until you're able to deal with that in an effective way, you will potentially find yourself repeating the patterns of behavior in one shape or another over and over again. So if you want long lasting, sustainable improvement, address the root cause. Another piece of advice is to reframe your resistance. So quite often we find ourselves saying, I can't do this, or I'm just too busy to do it. So instead of saying that, which is yielding to the resistance, what I think is more appropriate is to say something like, right now, I don't want to do this, or I'm finding it challenging to do this because of my resistance. Because what you're doing by reframing it in that way is you're actually being more honest and you're also not dismissing it and blaming the resistance. Instead, you're taking ownership that you have control over your own thoughts, feelings and actions. Right now, it's just a bit difficult. And so, you know, we need to be kind to ourselves. The other reason I say that is that cannot is a very dangerous word because it means that you're putting up a wall. And we all know what happens when we smack our head against the wall repeatedly. We get ouchies and the wall still just stands. So break down your own walls, or at least find a way to work around them. The next point is to revisit your priorities and be clear on how the task or action fits into those priorities. If it matters, then make it matter. If it doesn't matter, then let it go. Look, we spend so much time trying to do lots of different things or dealing with multiple issues. And frankly, a lot of what we deal with every day just does not matter in the big scheme of things. 
If it's a genuine priority in your life, then you need to push through it, which I'll cover in a second. But if it's not, then let it go and just focus on what really matters. So that leads to my next point, which is if you're able to push past resistance, especially for the big ticket stuff that really matters, then push. Not everybody can push through, but that's not to say that it's not possible, even if, like me, you're prone to procrastination. Sometimes you just have a light bulb moment when you realize that your resistance is doing you more harm than good, and that even a small step will make a big difference. Sometimes the hardest bit about overcoming resistance is that sometimes the resistance seems safer than taking action, which can inevitably make things worse. And so just circuit breaking the resistance can lead to a whole bunch of positive effects, not least of which includes feeling better about yourself for pushing through whatever has been blocking you. And as I've said many times before, positive change doesn't have to be created through one or two massive moments. In fact, it rarely is. Life is about the small things, and so instead, making small changes and sticking to them will see you build your results over time. And that slowly, slowly approach can be much more sustainable because you're creating long-lasting healthy habits, which is a topic that I explored in episode 29. My next point is to be open to new ideas and to different ways of thinking about things. So my partner and I started this thing a few years ago where we call one another out on any negative speak or anything that's dragging our mood down, like complaining. And this isn't about controlling speech because there's a very fine line when it comes to that. But for us, we decided we wanted our words to be more aligned with our intentions in terms of being more positive and grateful instead of just focusing on what annoyed us because we want to let that go. And we've seen firsthand that when you focus on giving in to the negativity, then what happens is that you attract more negativity and it multiplies. Whereas the same thing can also happen when you focus on positivity. And given a choice between having a more negative life versus a more positive one, I know which one I will choose every single time. So the more positivity that you put out, the more positive things that you will attract to you and the more that you'll have to be aware of that's positive. Just because you've always thought a certain way or approached things with a certain thought pattern, that does not mean that you cannot change because everyone can change. It's only not possible if you resist. My next point is to stop trying to do or be everything all at once. You know, I think we get so caught up in worrying about being a super person and trying to achieve everything on our to-do list that we forget to leave some breathing space in our day to just stop us from feeling overwhelmed. So really, stop trying to do or be everything all at once. Part of that involves my next point, which is breaking down big tasks into smaller steps and focusing on those instead. If you just focus on what you need to do today, that's going to feel much less overwhelming and less resistance-inducing than if you try to focus on all the big stuff. You know, when I'm writing, I tend to aim for a thousand words a day, which I can easily knock out in half an hour to an hour. And that might not seem like much, but over 30 days, that's 30,000 words, which is a lot. So if you break down these big tasks into smaller steps and focus just on the next step in front of you, one step at a time, like I often say in this show, you're making life a lot easier and far less overwhelming. So there's a greater likelihood that you will be able to push through that small step. My next point is to clear distractions away. So if you can, work in a dedicated space, don't put the TV on, stop flicking over to your preferred news website for an update every hour. These are all things that I've been guilty of. 
you know, if you know that you're prone to distraction, then remove the distractions as much as possible. It's why I like to go to a cafe with my laptop every couple of weeks because I put my headphones on and in the space of an hour, I probably get three to four hours worth of work done because I'm in a totally different environment. I know that I'm there specifically to write and in spite of all of the people around me, I feel a lot less distracted. Now, obviously, if you're dealing with lockdown, I totally understand that you can't do that at the moment, but there are lots of different things that you can do. So be creative and come up with different solutions rather than just focusing on the problem or the barrier. And if and when you're stuck, remind yourself why you're doing things. Again, it's about constantly going back to your priorities. If this does matter, then how are you going to actually find the space for it? And if it doesn't matter, let it go. And that leads to my next point, which is to remind yourself of the benefits of doing things now rather than putting them off. So I do this thing where I think about what my future self will think of my now self, who by then will be my past self, if that makes sense. So if I'm procrastinating on something, I think about what future self is going to think about me. And it sounds silly, but it works because when I get things done in a timely manner, I find myself later consciously thanking my past self for making that decision to make my own life easy. Sometimes I find myself cursing my past self for screwing me over so that he could watch TV instead of doing what he was supposed to do. But, you know, that's a whole other story. Things that you leave on your to-do list have a habit of becoming bigger than they need to be the longer that you leave them. So sometimes you just need to push past resistance and get it done, or at least get a bit of it done, because sometimes it's just the starting bit that's the hardest to get through. Remember to take things one step at a time, which makes it feel much less overwhelming. And then if you are really stuck, do one small thing that's completely unrelated to whatever it is that you need to do. So I find that if I'm struggling to summon the energy to write or do the housework on the weekend or whatever, I push myself to go and brush my teeth or trim my beard or something like that, something completely unrelated. And usually that's enough to give me a little uplift of momentum. Sometimes you just need to break through the resistance enough to open a crack. Because that can then let the light in and start you on the path towards getting stuff done. And as always, if you are really struggling and none of this is working, get support from a counsellor or therapist. You know, I've said it once and I'll say it a thousand times, you don't need to go through this stuff alone. I think it's important to try to take ownership and do what you can. But if you are struggling and you've tried things, then that means that you potentially need some external assistance. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Anybody who is brave enough to pick up the phone or shoot off an email or whatever to get in touch and make an appointment with a counselor or therapist is my personal hero because I think that it is a brave decision to make and one that's still a little taboo in our society just from the perspective that people kind of expect that you should be able to just suck it up and deal with your mental health. And you know what? I think I've used this analogy either in the YouTube show or in this podcast before. But if you had a physical injury, are you going to get rewarded from people for treating it yourself when in fact, you know, the the bone is broken and you should have seen a doctor? You don't need to deal with this big stuff alone and you should not. So if you are struggling and you have tried things, get some assistance. There is absolutely no shame in it. Because when it comes to resistance and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. We need to be mindful of resistance on a daily basis because it can just take a couple of setbacks to lead you towards unhealthy behaviours. Resistance and vigilance really do need to go hand in hand because if you're not vigilant on a daily basis, then the resistance can creep back in and then you wake up one day and realise that you've got some much bigger problems to deal with. 
When you let yourself repeatedly make unhealthy choices, even when you know that they are unhealthy, but you resist even thinking about the consequences, you're robbing yourself of your future happiness. There's a big difference between living in the now and doing actual damage to your future life satisfaction. And so by focusing on making healthy decisions now, you will be taking small steps towards becoming the best version of yourself possible. The choice is yours, as it is with all things related to your well-being. So, what choice will you make today? Each week I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic, and I encourage you to take a few moments to really reflect on it and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by the Scottish-American industrialist of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, Andrew Carnegie, and it is. People who are unable to motivate themselves must be content with mediocrity, no matter how impressive their other talents. Let me repeat that. People who are unable to motivate themselves must be content with mediocrity, no matter how impressive their other talents. Alright, that's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about connection. Connecting with other people is one of the most fundamentally important aspects of life, and it's a massive part of mental health and well-being. And I just touched on it in episode 3 of the Let's Talk About Mental Health TV show on YouTube, and so it seemed timely to expand on the subject in its own podcast episode. So next week, I'll be talking about what connection is, why it matters for your mental health, and how to improve the quality of your connections with loved ones and strangers alike. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released on Sunday the 14th of February, which is probably the perfect day of the year to talk about genuine human connection, regardless of whether you're single or attached. If you're in Australia, New Zealand or the Asia-Pacific region, it will be available at 7pm Australian time. In the rest of the world, you'll have it sometime in the morning, depending on where you are. And of course, join me for Let's Talk About Mental Health TV on YouTube, with new episodes released every Wednesday following the same schedule. Evenings in the Asia-Pacific, mornings in the rest of the world. Head to letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au for links and past episodes, including audio and full transcripts. And while you're there, join the mailing list to have exclusive updates land in your inbox. You can also follow my work on Instagram, Pinterest and Facebook at LTA Mental Health, where I post extra content throughout the week. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time.